Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. He is Eric Young. And I am Greg Sussman. Frank, hey, how's it going, bud? Greg, hey, happy Friday to you. Excited always for the Friday show. We get to preview the entire week of fantasy football. Uh, of course, there was a game on last night, Greg, but did you did you catch the, the free UFC fight night? What? The free UFC fight night. Was that was also on Fox? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it came on around, you know, 11.15, 11, 11 Yeah, 11, I, I, I was able to catch that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the main event was pretty sick. The event was cool, man. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I kind of enjoyed it, uh, of Miles Garrett versus Mason Rudolph, pretty dope. Yeah, I wonder how, you know, either one of those will, will fare for the uh, for the heavyweight title. We'll see how it goes. EY, what's happening, man? Uh, another cold day here in Nashville, um, and uh, Mason Rudolph is not a heavyweight. So, you know. <laughs> Light heavy, maybe. I obviously, um, I want to start there, and I want to throw this at you, EY, because you're obviously the combat sports guy um, in this. Obviously, we talk about this a lot, that football's a physical game. It gets crazy. It's wild. It's nuts, yada, yada, yada. But Miles Garrett using his helmet as a weapon is something that you do in your profession, not really what Miles Garrett theoretically would do in his profession. What did you think of what went down, and what did you think of the NFL's response of suspending Miles Garrett indefinitely, Morkey's Pouncey being suspended for three games for the retaliation, uh, Mason Rudolph simply being fined? What did you think of all this as you watched it go down last night and the NFL's response? Um, I mean, the fact that he used the helmet is nonsense. Um, I mean, they have to suspend him. It's basically assault with a weapon. Um it's the heat of battle. He lost his mind. Uh, I, I do believe that this kind of thing can happen. Uh, it, it, that's not condoning uh, what Miles Garrett did. I mean, it's madness that, uh, I mean, over nothing. I mean, literally nothing. I mean, it doesn't matter what he says to you. I don't, I don't know what was said or what happened, but pulling a guy's helmet off and trying to hit him in the head with it is obviously way, way too far. And the NFL coming out right away and suspending him is probably the only option for them. 
Yeah, I thought the NFL handled it as right as they could, Frank, coming out right away and being like, you're done for the year. Like, swift, swift movements. You know, not any thought, not um, nothing else that was, oh, I have to interview people, blah, blah, blah. We all saw it, right? We all saw it with our own eyes. I didn't need an NFL investigation. This happened. Miles Garrett, to his credit, came out today and said, um, and said, yeah, I was wrong. I apologize to everybody, blah, 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 and I will be better as a person. Yeah, I mean, what else is he going to say, right? Like EY said, it's it's the heat of the moment. He got caught up there. Obviously, there's no excuse for what he did. There's people on Twitter, online, trying to defend what he did. Oh, well, Mason Rudolph kicked him in the nuts and, and, and grabbed his face mask first. I, I'm not saying that Mason Rudolph is completely innocent here, but obviously, you know, Miles Garrett took it to the next level. Not just hitting him with his own helmet, but the fact that, like, he tugged on his helmet and literally lifted him to the ground. We're talking about Miles Garrett, which, look, if you've ever seen this guy without pads on, this is a massive, massive human being. For him to be able to lift you by your own helmet, rip your own helmet off your head, and then slam you on top of your head with your own helmet, I mean, that is massive. That, that is just insane. You know, uh, just the lifting motion. I mean, he could have, like, broke Mo Mason Rudolph's neck. So, you know, look. We live in New York, Greg. We've seen a lot of crazy stuff. We've never seen someone around here getting hit in the head with a helmet. We haven't. Listen, it's, it's crazy. It's listen. obviously crazy, and I think you know him being suspended for the rest of the season is obviously warranted, and it wouldn't surprise me if it lasts into next season as well. Fights in the NFL happen all the time. If him and Mason Rudolph tumble, if Marquise Pouncey you know, spears him off of him, we're not talking about this today. You know, none of it ultimately matters. So the thing is, Miles Garrett took a step too far. Instead, what we would be talking about is the fact that James Conner immediately re-injured his shoulder. Who knows when he'll be back, if he'll be back. That Juju Smith-Schuster, severely concussed last night. We'll see what his deal is. Deontay Johnson left last night's game as well. The Steelers were down to James Washington, Jalen Samuels, and nothing. Their quarterback was also nothing. That's exactly right. Look, he threw one touchdown and four interceptions. We previewed this game for the FanDuel Hurry Up yesterday from a betting perspective, Greg. And I said, I don't trust, I trust Mason Rudolph about as far as I can throw him. Again, he's a massive human being. Not a heavy, not a heavyweight. Not a heavyweight. Not a heavyweight. But obviously bigger than me. So I don't think that I'm throwing Mason Rudolph, you know, anywhere, quite frankly. But yeah, he was dreadful last night. He, he was god awful. He was sacked four times. You know, he threw four interceptions. Uh, we've had, we have all these injuries to the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. So there's a lot, you know, there's a lot going on outside of this fight, especially from a fantasy football perspective. Like, this is what I said the other day when, when I was hosting the show with EY, is this is a time of year where you need to own the handcuffs for your running backs, especially somebody like James Conner, who has been banged up in and out of the lineup all season long. And then you saw the, the most dropped list, Jalen Samuels is on it. Latavius Murray is on it. Like, why are these players being dropped? It doesn't make any sense, especially when the running backs ahead of them have already been banged up this year. I mean, Alvin Kamara is one, you know, twitch to his ankle away from Latavius Murray being a top five running back for the rest of the season. So Absolutely. this is why we're talking about at this point of the season, you have to own the handcuffs for your respective running backs. On the other side for Cleveland, EY, Odell Beckham got off to a really fast start. And then was never heard from again, essentially, right? Finished with like 60 yards after having uh, almost 50 on that first drive. So the mess continues. It's clear that Jarvis Landry is Baker Mayfield's favorite wide receiver. Um, Odell Beckham, you said it a lot, Frank, take the name off the back of the jersey. So we'll see what happens with those wide receivers. And I got I to gotta throw this out there, Eric. Kareem Hunt looks pretty spry. 
Yeah, Kareem does look good. It's uh, I think it's surprising to everybody. Um, I'm, I'm definitely a person that is very surprised by it. Nick, Nick Chubb's still going to be figured in, but Kareem Hunt is, is going to be a factor going forward. 17 targets over his first two games with Cleveland. That is massive, Greg. We'll come back. I want to just talk a little bit more about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and then we'll get into everything from this Sunday here on the BFFs. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Sussman hanging out with you on a Friday as we get you ready for week number 11. Frank, before we get and we dive in deep into week 11, I want to get in to last night. We mentioned Cremont looked better uh, or looked as good as he has the last couple of weeks. He has a major role in this offense. 17 targets over the first two games uh, that he's played this year. Nick Chubb had a tiny season high with 27 carries uh, for over 90 yards rushing. That's great. But he doesn't play on third downs anymore. He doesn't catch passes in the backfield anymore. There's one target that he dropped. How concerned are you if you're a Nick Chubb owner going down the stretch here? Greg, I know that you are very concerned as a Chubb owner yourself. I don't own, actually, I have one share of Nick Chubb, but personally, I'm not really that worried about it because if you look at the upcoming schedule, it's a very good one. Yes, they will face the Pittsburgh Steelers in two weeks' time from now, and the Steelers are good against the run, but in week 12. We've got the Miami Dolphins. In week 14, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. Week 15, the Arizona Cardinals. Week 16, which is your fantasy football championship if you make there, the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, that is a tougher matchup, but Greg, three out of his next five matchups here are very, very good ones. So I understand you're worried about Nick Chubb. The thing is, if you try to trade him now, you're not going to get the top five running back value that you would have a month ago if you tried to trade him. So I'm just holding on. He's still seeing a massive workload, still has 47 carries over his last two games with Kareem Hunt back, and the majority of these matchups are very good ones. So I'm, I'm not as worried as you. All right, and that's a very, very good thing. So last night during this game, they were talking about uh, odds for teams to make the playoffs, right? Both the Steelers and the Browns on the outside looking in there. It was a big game last night, so it was a, a playoff chase. And one I have team- a Steelers playoff ticket, so don't feel very good. Oh, sorry, Frank. So, sorry. Not your fault. No, it's not your not. fault Big Ben got hurt. When did you? Oh, you did it before the season. Yes. I'm sorry. So, one of the teams that are on there toward the bottom of outside looking in right now, but the first team that was listed, Eric, was the Oakland Raiders. They're host the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a favorable schedule. They've had one all year. And it's a really good spot for Derek Carr and company. What do you think of the Raiders this week? Who do you like? I mean, Derek Carr's been 
good. I mean, I don't know if anyone said that in the last two or three years, but Derek Carr has been really good. Um, Tyrell Williams is somebody, uh, you know, he didn't do much last week, but I, I have a feeling could, this could be a really good matchup for him. He's the number one receiver there and has really shown to, to be a pretty reliable downfield guy for Derek Carr. Um, and I mean, if you don't, if you haven't found out about Josh Jacobs yet, then, um, I mean, I don't know. You haven't been paying attention. Josh Jacobs is a beast. Josh Jacobs is a top 10 running back, if not top five running back going forward, a first mm-hmm. round pick uh, next year. Frank, Derek Carr, where does he fall in your rankings as his, uh, as well as his top target here, Tyrell Williams? So Derek Carr is a top 15 quarterback for me. He doesn't make it inside my top 12. I like this matchup as well. Uh, to quote my good buddy EY here, the Cincinnati Bengals have been rotten this season on the defensive side of the ball. They are 32nd in pass defense DVOA. They are 29th in run defense DVOA. And the Raiders offense... It's been really good. They're averaging 6.1 yards per play on the season. That is the fourth best in the entire NFL. The offensive line is playing well also. So Derek Carr, just outside my top 12. The thing is, I don't know how much they're going to have to pass in this spot. I like Tyra Williams as a wide receiver. Three, top 30 wide receiver for me. Hunter Renfro, deeper leagues, PPR play. If you are, if you need a bye week replacement, Josh Jacobs, if you want to spend up for him in DFS, look, the matchup doesn't get much better than this. The Raiders are huge favorites. Greg, this is just the third time since 2003 the Oakland Raiders are a double-digit favorite in a game. Pretty crazy. On the other side for Cincinnati, A.J. Green's not going to play. He's not going to play the rest of the season. Frank's been telling you that for six weeks. Tyler Boyd, he is going to play. Where is he? Tyler Boyd is slightly behind Tyrell Williams. There's a few wide receivers this week that admittedly, it's tough to figure out because, you know, we like the talent of Tyler Boyd. We like the talent of players like... Um, Terry McLaurin, obviously, but the quarterback play, I mean, it worries you so much. What we saw out of Ryan Finley last week was god-awful. He threw a pick six against the Ravens. He had a fumble six against the Ravens. So I worry about him in that spot. Tyler Boyd did see the most targets last week, and the Raiders do give up a lot of fantasy points to opposing slot receivers. So to me, the fact that he's still seeing targets and it's a good matchup, I think Tyler Boyd is a wide receiver three play, but he's not the wide receiver too that he has been like if Andy Dalton were the quarterback this week Greg he would likely be a top 20 wide receiver for me you mentioned Terry McLaurin I think it's a good place to go next guys as the Redskins are taking on the New York Jets McLaurin um had a great matchup right the Jets have been I believe the worst team in football over the last four weeks or at least top two well, the worst teams in football in the last four weeks against opposing fantasy wide receivers. McLaurin has, they've said, Bill Callahan has come out and said, we need to move this guy around. We need to get him the ball. Dwayne Haskins has been unable to do so every time he's been on the field. Are you starting Terry McLaurin this week, Eric? Um, I actually do have to make this decision and I am going to start him. And that's just because, I mean, at this point with buys and injuries, I don't have much of a choice. I don't feel good about it. I definitely don't feel good as good as I did when Case Keenum was the quarterback. Haskins has looked Frank rotten. I mean, he's been bad. I mean, just a, not a good quarterback, not ready. He seems not ready for the NFL. And being on the Washington Redskins is not helping this guy at all. Um, McLaurin has, has looked good um, and has looked uh, really, really good uh, in the wide receiver role when Case Keenum was in the game. But Dwayne Haskins has been uh, not a good player and not able to get him the ball. And we thought there would be a connection because they played together, but there's uh, it doesn't seem to be that way. Yeah, it's a tough spot here for Terry McLaurin, Greg. Much like Tyler Boyd, you know, the player Terry McLaurin is awesome. Yeah, love this guy mm-hmm. for Dynasty, but with... Dwayne Haskins as his quarterback, obviously you have to be worried here. Now, you're right, Greg. Over the past four weeks, the Jets are allowing the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. But again, the limitations on 
Terry McLaurin come because of the play of Dwayne Haskins. I expect the Jets to bring a lot of blitzes, a lot of pressure towards Dwayne Haskins. He hasn't been able to handle that uh, very well so far at the NFL level. And since Bill Callahan has taken over, Washington wants to run the football. Darius Geis is back this week. So they have two running backs between Geis and AP. They've already said that they're going to mix both of these guys in. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if we see these guys combine for... 25 to 30 sure. carries this week. I, I still don't think that they want Haskins throwing the ball all that much, although it is a good matchup. So while I love the talent of McLaurin, I think you got to downgrade him a little bit. He is a a solid wide receiver three. He's inside my top 36, but I don't feel great about it, if I'm being honest, Greg. I, I get it, man. It's it's frustrating because McLaurin has this amazing matchup. Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson have a good spot to succeed. And it's just a mess in there at Washington because of Dwayne Haskins. Let me go to the other side. We had a revenge game situation. Jamison Crowder facing his old team. The Jets coming off a big win last week. We don't say that often. Against the New York Giants. How high are you on Crowder? I'm very high on him. I have him inside my top 24. He's a wide receiver, too, for me this week, Greg. And Washington's actually been a lot better in their secondary, you know, over the past month or so. I know they got off to a really, really slow start. That defense looked really bad early on in the season. But... Jamison Crowder has been the go-to guy for Sam Darnold. The Jets' offensive line is so bad that Sam Darnold can't wait for these you know, deep routes to develop down the field for Robbie Anderson. That's why we're seeing more targets to Jamison Crowder, to Demarius Thomas, and to their tight ends. I think you know Ryan Griffin's also a sneaky play this week if you're really desperate at the tight end position. But I'm looking at Crowder here, Greg. Since Sam Darnold has returned, he leads this team with 21% of the target share. He has over 80 yards in back-to-back games. He scored a touchdown in back-to-back games. I think he makes it three straight this week in the revenge game against Washington. All right, three uh, revenge game situation for Jamison Crowder. How high are you on him, Eli? Crowder has, has looked pretty decent, and uh, I feel like Dar- Darnold is starting to come around. Uh, the ghosts are starting to dissipate, and he's starting to realize that that he is a pretty decent quarterback in the NFL. I mean, I think um, he's still going to have an overall disappointing season, but these these last few weeks, I think Darnold is a guy that you, you could definitely stream. Um, this week, uh, I, I feel like this is as good a matchup as any, and Crowder is a guy that I love. Yeah, I think you have to love Crowder. You have to love, like McLaurin, too. The matchup, both really, really good mm-hmm. uh, for both these guys. You talked about like the Tyler Boyd section a moment ago, the Jameson Crowder section. I go back to Oakland. Tyrell Williams, for me, is also in this mix uh, in a really good matchup against Cincinnati. I, I think you're all in this wide receiver two, wide receiver three cutoff. Um, Crowder is certainly higher uh, given how successful he's been of late, um, but they're all kind of similar uh, in that vein. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to get in uh, to the most anticipated game of the weekend, I believe. That's between Houston and Baltimore. Deshaun Watson taking on Lamar Jackson, which should be a really, really fun game, and it could cause some fantasy explosion with another wide receiver that I think is kind of in this mix as well on this wide receiver two, wide receiver three fringe. Hold on. Let's talk about it. It's week 11 here on the grid. You want the edge? Get on the grid! We'll be back on Sports Grid TV. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Most anticipated game of the week. 
still to come in Baltimore and Houston. We're going to get into that uh, certainly in a few minutes, Frank. We do have breaking news. Yeah, David Montgomery is officially questionable, and he is a game-time decision for Sunday. He tweaked his ankle earlier in the week during Wednesday's practice, so if he were not able to go, that means we should see a lot more work from Tariq Cohen here, Greg. Yeah, Tariq Cohen could be in a big spot for Chicago this week. David Montgomery um, has obviously uh, been trending up as of late, but now with him hurting his ankle yesterday, Cohen could be in a spot to succeed. I know it's just happened, Frank, but where would you wind up placing Cohen in your rankings this week? Of course, Cohen and the Bears face off on Sunday night football against the Los Angeles Rams, which means we're not going to know about David Montgomery until very, very late. Yeah, so you're going to have to have a contingency plan in place. You know, I think a lot of people who have David Montgomery probably don't have Tariq Cohen. I agree with that. Because they went in a similar range in drafts. Now, maybe Tariq Cohen was dropped in your league and you were able to pick him up. But ultimately, you know, you either have to have, you know, a, a Chargers back, an Austin Eckler to pivot off of in case David Montgomery doesn't go, or a Chiefs running back if you have a Damian Williams. But ultimately, yeah, you're looking at Tariq Cohen there. And I think he would shoot up to that. High-end flex type of play, Greg. I think in PPR leagues, you can consider him as a low-end RB2 if David Montgomery were out. But if David Montgomery goes in, Tariq Cohen is more of that low-end flex like he's been. You know, not really someone that I want to rely on. Yeah, I kind of like Tariq Cohen if, if Montgomery doesn't play. I think this is a Bears team that's going to have to utilize that short passing game uh, in order to be successful against the Rams. It's a weird game, Chicago and LA, because I don't really like either team. Um I love the under in that game. Yeah, the total I totally. is like 40 and a half. Love it. I think this game might end 10-6. I don't like it, man. I really don't like it. I know it's Jared Goff at home, so theoretically it should be better, but it's facing the Bears' defense. It's a really tough spot. Um, Isn't this game in L.A.? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Chicago, Jared Goff at home. Oh, we're yeah, facing yeah. the Bears' defense. So it's a really, again... Yeah, but it, the Bears' secondary is now the strength of their defense. Right. You know, we've been talking about that this for weeks, that since Akeem Hicks has gone down totally. for the... For the Bears defense, that teams have been able to run on them. So it should theoretically be a solid spot here for Todd Gurley. Totally. The Rams also six and a half point favorites. So Vegas expects him to be playing with a lead. And Gurley last week actually against the Pittsburgh Steelers saw his highest yards per carry, I believe, all season. So he ran efficiently. He just didn't see enough work. So this should be a solid spot for Gurley here, Greg. Uh, but yeah, it definitely sucks that, you know, David Montgomery now a game time decision on Sunday Night Football. Those are always really, really tough situations. Eric, can we expect a Cooper Cup squeaky wheel situation? Remember last time out, didn't catch anything. And it killed fantasy owners. No Brandon Cooks again this week. We know, as Frank just mentioned, the secondary, the toughest part of the Chicago defense. But Cooper Cup has got a rebound from last week, right? I mean, it can't get worse, can it? No. I mean, the, the Cooper Cup is a guy that I own everywhere, and last week was a massive disappointment. Um, like, look, if they're going to have down weeks, you just don't uh, expect a player of his caliber and his talent and his usage, quite frankly, all year to put up zero. I mean, that's it's just insane that the fact that he pay, played the whole game, wasn't injured, and put up zero. That's a, a very rare thing, so I expect him to bounce back. Obviously, Chicago's secondary is, is tough, but Cooper Cup uh, hasn't had trouble getting open, uh, except for last week, apparently. Uh, hasn't had troubles catching balls, except for last week, so I expect him to bounce back. All right, we'll see if he does ultimately bounce back. Let me move on now and go back to Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson. Really fun game at 1 p.m. Eastern, guys. Uh, Houston and Baltimore. Battle in the AFC. We've seen the Ravens have two big wins in a row. Uh, first coming against New England uh, in an awesome game where Lamar Jackson and the Ravens uh, gave New England their first loss of the season, and then they decimated Cincinnati last week. Houston, 
never really trust them, especially in a big spot. How do you see this one breaking down, Frank? Yeah, I think this is going to be a closer game. I know the spread is right around four and a half right now, but... I think that, you know, coming off the bye, I think the Houston Texans are going to be rested up. We might see Will Fuller in this game, and I think that really affects the pass catchers here for the Houston Texans. You have to pay attention to the news. We haven't gotten an update yet to find out whether or not Will Fuller is going to play. Everything that I've seen is he's limited, he's questionable for this game, but here's how the target shares break down with Will Fuller in the lineup versus without. He tweeted this, so drink. When he is in the lineup, DeAndre Hopkins, 29% target share, Duke Johnson, 9% 9% target share, Darren Fells, 9% target share, without Will Fuller in the lineup, Hop's target share goes up to 36%, Duke Johnson up to 15%, and Darren Fells up to 13%. So if Will Fuller is in there, then you know maybe have some more realistic projections when it comes to both Duke Johnson and Darren Fells here, Greg. Uh, the, the Ravens secondary has played really well since Marcus Peters came over to this team. The rest of the team has also gotten really healthy in terms of Marlon Humphrey and Jimmy Smith in that secondary. So, you know, Deshaun Watson, obviously you're using him, but you know when it comes to DFS, just keep in mind, this secondary for the Ravens is playing a lot better as of late. For Lamar Jackson, the Houston Texans, they've allowed th- uh, three-plus passing touchdowns in four of their last five games, which means... I like Hollywood Brown quite a bit, Greg. I have him as a top 20 wide receiver. I know that he missed practice yesterday. He was back today practicing in full. He is going to play this week. Houston, allowing the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. 13 touchdowns to the position. Obviously, we like Mark Andrews as well because Lamar Jackson basically only targets Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. Uh, I think this could be a tougher game for Mark Ingram. He's still an RB2 for me, Greg, but... I think it could be a little bit of a tougher spot here going up against Houston. Marquise Brown, a lot of smart people really like him this week. Eric, where does he fall on your rankings? Uh, Yeah, pretty high because I I think, I mean, the big uh, X factor for me in this game is Deshaun Watson. Um, Lamar Jackson has proven that he is uh, ultra effective at what he does, kind of reinventing the the quarterback position game by game here. Um, But what I know about Watson is is it doesn't matter. I mean, when you score or how far you get ahead, he's going to play and he's going to go, he's going to try to win uh, football games. And more often than not, uh, he's done that. And I mean, he's a guy that just competes, knows how to win makes the plays when he needs to uh, and that's I think the big X factor here we'll see if Deshaun Watson can step up certainly the X factor Lamar Jackson as well um, and I, yeah Frank I agree with you that Texans wide receiver Sheriff Will Fuller's back is something that we have to watch unfortunately uh, as DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller owners uh, that we are Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you're still using DeAndre Hopkins. If Will Fuller plays, I would not throw him right back into the lineup. Not. You know, I want to see how he performs his first game back. It could end up being a James Conner situation, you know, where he returns and, and potentially re-injures himself. So even if Will Fuller plays, I would try to get away from him this week. EYS is a really good question yesterday, and that was in the game between Buffalo and Miami. It was, which tight end do you use, Dawson Knox or Mike Kosecki? Mike Kosecki was your boy last week. I tell you, Mike Kosecki's not good. He said, but the numbers, the numbers. And I said, well, he's not good. He is good, Greg. Nope, he's not, as proven by, wait for it, the numbers. Frank, who do you like, Dawson Knox or Mike Gusecki this week? Well, to be honest, I don't like either, but if I had to choose one, I would go with Mike Gusecki just because I think the usage has been a little bit more consistent. The Dolphins don't have many pass catchers right now. Devontae Parker, shout out to EY, is going to do his thing, and he's going to get his targets. But outside of Parker, who else are they going to throw the ball to? It's nobody. Alan Hearns and, and Jakeem Grant and... There you go. Not a lot of talent on this team. I do think that Gusecki is very talented. The problem is the Buffalo Bills are allowing the fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends this season. They allowed the fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends 
last season. They are very good against tight ends, so I would try to get away from both Gusecki and Knox if I can, but I understand some people are going to be caught up here, so if I had to choose one, uh, I would go with Gusecki. Um, not, I don't really want to rely on anyone else on the Dolphins side. I think Devontae Parker is a borderline wide receiver three. Tough matchup against Tredavious White here, Greg, but last time they actually faced the Buffalo Bills, Devontae Parker scored against Tredavious White, so I'm not as scared off as I would have been uh, without knowing that he performed against him a couple of weeks ago. How about that? Just like just like that, Devontae Parker in a good spot, who we now trust in the circle of trust. You got to make this guy feel very, very good. Same goes for John Brown. He's done it all year long. Cole Beasley's scored, what, three straight games now? I don't think he scored last week. Oh. Last week was the week where he got back into the the PPR realm of, realm of things where he had a couple more receptions, had some yards, right. but he had two three, touchdowns, he three had touchdowns. Three, three straight three games straight touchdown before last before that, week right. where yep. he had four for 74 uh, last week, though. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I think Cole Beasley, for me, he's outside my top 36, but he is a viable bi-week yep, replacement. Yep, yep. You know, if you're desperate for a wide receiver, it is a good spot here. The Dolphins give up a ton of fantasy points to slot receivers. Uh, and John Brown, I think, obviously, again, wide receiver two for me this week. Miami has allowed seven touchdowns to wide receivers over their last five games. Greg, John Brown, along with Michael Thomas, are the only two wide receivers who have had 50 receiving yards in every one of their team's games. So, John Brown, really, really consistent. Incredibly consistent. I, I, want, the, I want the Bills to give Devin Singletary more work in this game. The snaps have been there. Over the past three weeks, he's playing 67% of the snaps, but feed Devin Singletary. Miami 30th in run defense DVOA, so I think Singletary's in a good spot. He just needs to work here, Greg. The top waiver wire pickup this past week, that was Atlanta's Brian Hill. Hill leads the Falcons in the Carolina to take on a Panthers rush defense that has been brutalized as of late. Aaron Jones says hello. Brian Hill, inside your top 20, Frank. He is inside my top 20. He's inside my top 15. He's a high-end RB, too. Again, the Panthers allowing five point, over five yards per carry to running backs so far this season. They've allowed 10 total touchdowns to running backs over their last three games. So, all over Brian Hill in this spot. He had 20 carries last week. I think that he should get at least 15 touches again here in this spot. You know, Kenyon Barner, I don't think they want to rely on him. Quadre Allison, their rookie, was active last week, and they barely gave him any work. So, I think this is Brian Hill's job. Obviously, you're using Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley is an interesting one here because he's playing more snaps. The targets haven't necessarily been there like we thought they were going to be without Mohamed Sanu now on the team, but Austin Hooper also hurt as well. The Panthers' secondary is banged up. EY, how much do you like Calvin Ridley this week knowing that you know uh, Austin Hooper had such a big role in this offense and now he is out for the next month? Yeah, I believe that that Calvin Ridley will become um, the wide receiver this week that we all were hoping in the offseason that he was going to be. Uh, was drafted ahead of Sanu, uh, was drafted fairly high as a guy that was going, you know, looked pretty good last year. And everyone believed, me included, that this was going to be a breakout season for Calvin Ridley. He's got all the tools. Uh, now he's got um, what in fantasy is the most important thing is opportunity. Austin Hooper was having an unbelievable year, a year that I don't think many people predicted. Um, and and Kelvin Ridley has taken a back seat. So this is the, the week to show up and say, hey, hey, I'm still a good wide receiver and I can be relied on. We'll see. Yeah. Greg, do you want hard-hitting Carolina Panthers analysis? Please. Start all of them. All of them? All of them. All of them? All of them. All right, we'll start all of the Carolina Panthers this week. Against the Atlanta Falcons, another battle in the NFC South we'll get to, and a whole lot more. We finish up week 11, wrap up the show. We're up next. 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. All right, we only have about 15 minutes to go, only a whole lot to do, so let's jump right back into it, Frank. It's a battle, once again, in the NFC South. We left one to go to another one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are facing off at home against New Orleans Saints. Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, not in a dome, but in a fantastic matchup. Around the industry, Michael Thomas is the wide receiver one. Coming off a really good game last week, despite the Saints offense not doing a whole lot of anything. Is that going to change this week? It's not going to change this week, Greg. Michael Thomas should be in your DFS cash lineups. I don't care how much money he costs. The Tampa Bay Bucks secondary, EY, has been rotten. Rot. <laughs> so we are going with Michael Thomas. He is on pace to break the single-season reception record set by Marvin Harrison on pace for 153 catches. When it comes to the running backs here, look, the Tampa Bay Bucks defense has been really good against the run. They are first in run defense DVOA. You can't really get away from Kamara, but... You should probably get away from Latavius Murray in this spot. And then when it comes to Drew Brees, I think this is a good bounce back opportunity. Did not show up against the Falcons last week. But again, this Buck secondary is very bad. They're so bad that they cut their former first round pick, Vernon Hargraves, this week, and they're rolling out whoever his backup was. So there's going to be fantasy points to be had here. Jared Cook, another one, Greg, inside my top six at the tight end position. Ten targets last week. The Bucks are allowing the second most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Start all your Saints! Over the last four weeks, the Saints have, I'm sorry, the Bucks have been even worse than the Cardinals against the tight end. Jared Cook, you saw it last week. He's healthy with those 10 targets in a fantastic spot this week to pick up some of the leftover targets. Traquan Smith also played more snaps than Ted Ginn, played, in fact, more snaps than anybody not named Michael Thomas this past week of the wide receivers for New Orleans. Traquan Smith, a sneaky start this week for the New Orleans Saints. On the other side, you know what you're going to do when it comes to starting Chris Goblin and Mike Evans. Ronald Jones probably as well. Can you start O.J. Howard, EY? Uh, I mean, tight end is a mess. Um, he could score a touchdown for sure. I mean, that's the reality. That's that's uh, that's the analysis going forward on tight ends. Is Do you think he could score a touchdown? Then if you do and you believe that he can, then go ahead and start him. Uh, I think that this will be a shootout. Uh, Drew Brees, Sean Payton are going to come out and, and be upset from losing a divisional game against uh, a, a rotten, rotten Atlanta uh, defense last week, and uh, they're going to be mad. They're going to be they're going to be going for it for sure. All right, moving on here. Once again, the Detroit Lions will be without Matthew Stafford as he's been ruled out with his back injury. Jeff Driscoll gets to start once again. Frankie, we saw T.J. Hawkinson show up last week. The industry's high on TJ Hawkinson once again this week going against Dallas. What say you? Yeah, he should be. You should be high on TJ Hawkinson this week because the Detroit, uh, the Dallas Cowboys defense has been torched by tight ends all season long. They just allowed two touchdowns to Kyle Rudolph last week as well. We just saw TJ Hawkinson get seven targets last week with Jeff Driscoll as his quarterback. So the targets are there. The matchup is there. I think TJ Hawkinson is on that border of being a tight end one this week. So if you need a stream, I would go with Hawkinson. Ey, if you can use Hawkinson over Gasecki and Dawson Knox, that's something that I would do as well. I 
I think if you own Kenny Galladay, you can't really get away from him. Jeff Driscoll, not a great quarterback. We understand that. He is a backup quarterback for a reason. But we just saw Kenny Galladay score a touchdown last week with Jeff Driscoll as his quarterback. And then on the other side of things, it's a get-right spot for Ezekiel Elliott. The Lions have you know, given up a ton of fantasy production to opposing running backs all season long here. They should be playing with the lead. I think that this is a get-right game for Ezekiel Elliott. you got to start Amari Cooper the way that he's played so far this season. Dak Prescott, I believe, is a top five, top six-ish quarterback. You know, A lot of people are asking me, Greg, well, you know, what about uh, the game flow in this game? Well, in order to have a lead, you have to score points, which means that, yes, we still like Dak. We like Cooper. I like Michael Gallup. And if you're desperate for a wide receiver, I think Randall Cobb is in a really good spot here as I well. I don't even know if it's about desperation, dude, because Randall Cobb was picked up everywhere this week. We talked about him a little bit yesterday in the leftovers yep. portion of the program. And I think Randall Cobb has found his niche in this Cowboys offense. I like Randall Cobb this week. Who would you rather have? I think good comparison. Randall Cobb or somebody we talked about earlier in the show. Cole Beasley. Yeah, they're similar players. They both play the slot receiver role for their respective teams. I think that the Cowboys' offense is probably better. It's obviously, you know, more electric, and the targets have been more consistent for Cobb. He's had, he had at least eight targets in back-to-back games here. So uh, similar players, but I would take Randall Cobb the way that he's being used and, and with the offense that he plays for. All right, Randall Cobb and the Dallas Cowboys. Frank's cho- uh, Frank's player of choice. I like Ezekiel Elliott uh, in a bounce-back spot here uh, against the Detroit Lions. Hopefully he can find the end zone. Would be nice. Would be very nice. I think this is the week, especially based on being a favorite this big. All right, we'll see uh, what happens there. Minnesota and Denver is are playing this week. Mike Blewett was saying how he likes the under in this game. Adam Thielen's already been ruled out. The Minnesota secondary has not been good over the last four weeks. In fact, they are bottom five in the NFL against fantasy wide receivers over the last four weeks, putting Cortland Sutton in a pretty good spot. Yeah, absolutely. The Vikings are allowing the most receptions, 149 receptions to wide receivers so far this season. So if Brandon Allen can just be adequate, then Cortland Sutton should be able to have a good game here. I have Sutton as a high-end wide receiver, too, in this spot. Brandon Allen's first game, Cortland Sutton had eight targets that represented 40% of their target share. When it comes to Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, tougher spot for these guys. Obviously, the Vikings allowing just... Just over four yards per carry to opposing running backs this season. They have not allowed a ton of fantasy production to that position so far this year. Noah Fant has been more involved, but honestly, I'd want to see another week out of him with Brandon Allen before I get him in my lineup. On the other side, obviously, you're using Dalvin Cook, but you know the, the Minnesota Vikings are likely going to be in a position where they are winning handily in this game. And, you know, the Broncos defense has been strong. Chris Harris is going to be on Stephon Diggs. I don't really love the pass catchers here when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings. EY, you know, what say you? Kyle Rudolph has been scoring touchdowns, but, you know, the Broncos have only allowed one touchdown to tight ends all season long. Chris Harris on Stephon Diggs. I think we see a lot of the run game here for the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think that we see much else, to be honest. I mean, for me, I mean, I don't know why you you wouldn't do that. Delvin Cook is looks like going to be um, going forward one of the top running backs in the entire league. Uh, Rudolph has looked good the last couple weeks, but Denver has been pretty good against the tight end. Um, But I think that Rudolph could still score a touchdown here. Kirk Cousins has looked like he's really found his stride. And Stephon Diggs is is, uh, a number one, I think, in my opinion. He's a a top 12 receiver. Whether he will be this week or not, I don't know. But I think they're going to rely on the run game. Dalvin Cook is going to get a ton of usage. And I think also Madison could be uh, a flex player this week 
Yeah, Diggs is definitely a top twelve wide receiver in sure, terms of, of course, talent. But of for me, you know, just going up against Chris Harris, I would have him more mm-hmm. as like a low end wide receiver too this week. His production has been very inconsistent this year, Greg. That's how I would describe it. For the Indianapolis Colts, Jacoby Brissett back in the lineup. T.Y. Hilton, not so much. He's been ruled out. Brissett expected to start. Nick Foles returns to the lineup for Jacksonville, and I know you think this means big things for D.D. Westbrook. Actually, you know, I'm, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting to see here, Greg, because I don't know how it's going to play out, because I think that D.J. Chark is actually a more talented wide receiver than D.D. Westbrook, but Throughout the preseason, it looked like D.D. Westbrook was going to be the guy for Nick Foles. And, you know, Nick Foles' time with the Philadelphia Eagles, he tended, he, he, he liked to lean on tight ends, slot receivers, which obviously lends itself to D.D. Westbrook. So I really want to see how this plays out this week. I do have D.J. Chark still ranked higher. I have him as a top 20 wide receiver. He's a wide receiver, too, for me, just because I think the talent is, going to, is obviously there. The targets have been there for D.J. Chark. I think just because Nick Foles is the quarterback, I don't think that they're going to go away from DJ Tark ultimately. For me, D.D. Westbrook is a wide receiver three. While he was healthy, he was starting to see the targets, and I think that the, the targets should be there once again this week uh, when it comes to Nick Foles returning as the quarterback here, Greg. For the Colts, Eric, can you start a Zach Pascal this week facing off against Jacksonville? Yeah, I think he can. I mean, Zach Pascal has been getting it done, and T.Y. Hilton being out again, they're getting uh, Jacoby Brissett back, so uh, Pascal is a guy that could could really show out this week, actually. Give me the tight ends, Greggy. Give me all the Colts tight ends. It looks like Jack Doyle is going to be good to go. We spoke about Ebron yesterday as well, playing more snaps last week, saw a season-high 12 targets. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. That's exactly what happened for Eric Ebron last week. I think he builds off that this week as well, Greg. I like both Colts tight ends inside my top 12. All right, let me move on to the 4 o'clock games, and let me begin with a rematch from Thursday Night Football just a week or so ago. It was the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers. Frankie, you and I were just talking during the break saying, hey, have we heard anything about Emmanuel Sanders? And the answer is no. We're still waiting word on Manny Sanders. He could be coming down to a game-time decision at 4 o'clock. We don't expect Matt Breida or George Kittle to play in this one. Uh, for Arizona, they've been in the games. They've been in a lot of games this year. This could be another one. They're what, plus 10.5 in San Francisco. San Francisco coming off a bad game against Seattle. Good spot for Arizona. Yeah, there's a lot of points here. I like the Cardinals here as well. When it comes to their running back situation, do not start David Johnson this week. We just got a report before yeah. this came out that Kenyon Drake looks to have jumped David Johnson on the depth chart, the number one running back. I like Kenyon Drake as a high-end flex option in RB3. And we all saw what he did a couple of weeks ago against these this San Francisco 49ers defense. So uh, I do like Drake as a flex. Get away from David Johnson this week if you can. Uh, I want to see how this situation plays out with David Johnson heading into this week. Christian Kirk, three touchdowns last week. I think it's going to be a little bit tougher this week. I have him more as a low-end wide receiver three. He's going to see Richard Sherman. He struggled two weeks ago against the same defense. On the other side, I want to like Debo Samuel, but again, we don't know what's going on with Emmanuel Sanders right now. If Sanders is out, Debo Samuel is a high-end wide receiver three. If Sanders plays, I think Debo's more of a low-end wide receiver three, uh, maybe more of a flex option, you know, if Sanders is in the lineup. George Kittle, not going to go here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Roy, Ross Dwelly. Dwelly here, Greg. Dwelly. We're going, we're going with him uh, against the Cardinals. The Cardinals allowing the most fantasy points against uh, opposing tight ends. EY, another name. If you need a tight end, I'll take Roy, Ross Dwelly over, over Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox Mike and Isecki. Mike, Mike Isecki. Let's go. Fire up Ross Dwelly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know that San Francisco has had good play from the tight end position, but uh, Dwelly is a guy that 
I mean, I had never heard of up until last week. Um, I don't think you probably had heard of him from last week. And to be honest, it is, uh, uh, like I told you guys before, a lot of times I'm going with my gut, and I think Dawson Knox is going to show up big this week. Uh, Ross Dwelly. Seven targets last week, Greg. God, dude. Look, if you get seven targets against the Arizona Cardinals, you know who They're got seven score. targets against the Cardinals last week? Who's that, Frank? O.J. Howard. How about that? He scored mm. touchdowns. The ghost of O.J. Howard's pass. Come on, man. If he can do it, I think Ross Dwelly can. One last game to get to, <laughs> Frank, and we did it all. And that, well, your CBS game of the week, the New England Patriots in Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. I know you and I both like the Patriots. In fact, it's your pick of the week, Frank. I don't know that it's my pick of the week, but I do it's like the Patriots. You know, everybody thinks that they're getting cute. Let's go with the Eagles. They're home dogs. This is too many points. Come on. Look at what just happened against the New England Patriots before the bye when they got blown out against the Baltimore Ravens. This is exactly what Bill Belichick wants you to think. Come on, people. Have we not seen enough from him over the years? Love Muhammad Sanu in this spot. Last time we saw him, 14 targets against the Baltimore Ravens. 10 receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown. I like him here against that Eagles secondary as well. Sony Michelle, look, if you can get away from him this week, I think that you probably should. The Eagles have prided themselves on their run defense the past couple of years, so I think he's more of a flex option play. He is obviously touchdown dependent. He's not going to catch a lot of passes. James White, a high-end flex play in PPR leagues as well. Obviously, you're using Julian Edelman on the other side. Jordan Howard all of a sudden here, Greg, very banged up. Very I don't know that he's going to be able to go here. And if he can't, EY, your boy, Miles Sanders, the Patriots are allowing the third most yards per carry to running backs over the past three weeks. I know that they just signed Jay Ajayi, but he's not up to snuff yet. Uh, I think that Miles Sanders could be in for a big role here this week, EY. I mean, if he doesn't do it this week, if Howard doesn't go, I mean, what week is it going to be? We were talking about it uh, the other day on the show. I said that I think that Miles Sanders is going to be his backfield. This is taking longer than I thought it was going to, but I think this week could be the week. I'll be starting Miles Sanders in a lot of places. Another tight end, Greggy, if you need one. Dallas Goddard inside my top 12. Alshon Jeffrey doesn't look like he's going to go. Deshaun Jackson is placed on IR. Carson Wentz needs to throw the ball to somebody. I think those two somebodies are going to be the tight ends here. For Ari Young and Frank Stample, my name is Greg Sussman. Enjoy Week 11. Good luck, and we'll see you back here on Monday. We We hope. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. You missed on the BFFs. Here's a name that's left over that actually really surprised me. Raheem Mostert left over this week he on the shouldn't wire. Be. And I think that's one that you, as you said, shouldn't be. It looks like it looks like Matt Breida is going to miss the next couple of weeks. Um, and again, they like to run a running back by committee. It's not just going to be Tevin Coleman. Maybe Tevin Coleman sees a few more touches this week, closer to that 20-touch mark. But he's really been around you know, 12 to 15 for the most part this season with the San Francisco 49ers. They want to run the football. Again, you know, the past couple of weeks... 
Jimmy Garoppolo has been throwing the football a little bit more. We saw Monday Night Football. The Seahawks took away the run game from the 49ers, and they forced Garoppolo to try and beat them, and ultimately he couldn't. You know, he had some errant throws, obviously some drops by the wide receivers as well, but I think we get back to ground and pound. The Cardinals are not a great team against the run. They're not a great team against the pass either, but I do think that the 49ers can have some success in this spot here, and with Matt Breida likely out in this matchup, I think we get, you know, 10 to 12, maybe maybe even a few more touches than that for Raheem Mostert, which, in my opinion, Greg, makes him a flex play. I have him you know, right around my top 30, top 36 running backs this week, which makes him a flex option. All right, fair enough. A flex option. We said this previously with Raheem Mostert. Where we thought Matt Breida was going to be out. Of course, Breida played, and, and Jeff Wilson played, and, Matt, and everybody played that weekend. Now we get an opportunity against Arizona in this matchup. Hopefully, no, it's Coleman, and hopefully, no, it's Matt Breida. Um, going through my waiver wire here, some other names that stand out. Tonight, Thursday Night Football, we're getting more into this. Deontay Johnson is out there in, in quite a few leagues, about 85% of leagues right now. Is Deontay Johnson someone you consider picking up if he was left over? Not really. You know, Mason Rudolph has not been great. Let, let's just be that's, honest, that's right? putting it kindly. Yeah, they've, uh, they've relied heavily on their defense and their running game, and I think James Conner has a big game returning tonight as well. Um, and, and they try to get... Juju Smith-Schuster involved. They really have four different targets now that they're throwing to, and they're not great targets because, again, they're coming from Mason Rudolph, but we've now seen Vance McDonald with back-to-back games with seven targets. They said after last week's game that they want to get Juju Smith-Schuster more involved once again, and whenever Juju has seen at least seven targets in a game, he's actually performed quite well, so I think we get back to a little bit more Juju tonight, and then last week, James Washington had the big game, so now we have four pass catchers involved in this Steelers offense, in you know, and these targets are not really high quality targets because again, they're coming from Mason Rudolph. So uh, I don't really want to get involved with Deontay Johnson and Cleveland. You know, to their credit, they've been really tough on wide receivers. They're allowing the 12th fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers on the outside this season, and that is uh, predominantly where Deontay Johnson plays. So that's going to be a pass for me, Greg.